Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I am Andy Shaw along with Karen Gibis, and we're coming to you live from St. Thomas More High School in the Diocese of Rapid City. It's a beautiful, sunny day here in Rapid City. Karen, good morning. Good morning, Andy. It's so good to have you with us. Thanks. I'm excited for this day. We have a lot in store for us this day, and uh, it's it's we've had a lot of rain here in western parts of South Dakota and a lot of flooding, and today the sun is out and a little bit of a breeze, and maybe we'll uh, hopefully dry some places up. Yeah, I hope so. We were talking about going kayaking in our ditches. Yeah, you should. Arm floaties out in the front yard. Right, exactly. That's that's not a bad way to do it. Uh, We have a lot in store for you today on the show, but uh, Karen, let's start out in prayer this morning, and we'll get things going right away. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty and Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for the gift of life. Uh, We sure appreciate all that you've done for us to guide us and to lead us. May you continue to bless uh, all those who are in need right now, take care of the homeless, and help those who are battling with their spiritual life uh, to find you. And remember that on this day, Jesus led the disciples out as far as Bethany. He raised his hands, he blessed them, and as he blessed them, then he parted and he was taken up to heaven. Father, thank you so much for looking over us. And Mother Mary, thank you for wrapping your mantle around us each and every day. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's going to be a great day, and uh, our our wizards up north in Fargo are taking care of us and, and, and helping us out, getting us on the air. Let's go to Aaron now. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well here. Doing great. How are you? Oh, fabulous. And just wanted to let you know that we guys, we have a great show planned for today. We're blessed to have Bishop John Fulda from the Diocese of Fargo to talk about the priestly appointments and how they're chosen. Father Timothy Castor of the Diocese of Rapid City will be in the hot seat ready for your questions on the faith during our Straight Talk segment from 9.30 to 10 a.m., then in the second hour, Father Tyler Matson will help us grow deeper in discovering how we can love more like Jesus and preview an event in Marvin, South Dakota. And Brandy Schaefbauer will share some interesting insights on how she got involved with supporting seminarians. All this and so much more coming up on Real Presence Live. It's going to be a great show today. It is, Aaron. Thanks so much for our, giving us some of those incredible topics, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Karen, these shows, I know you did the live drive uh, last time it was in Rapid City, and that was fun. Yeah, it was a bit intimidating to have my, my first 
radio appearance be uh, hosting yeah. right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's, that's Man, just get thrown right into the wolves. <laughs> Baptism by fire. It is indeed. But that's a fun event. And then these shows, when Father Mike and I have the opportunity to do these, you know, it's a two-hour show, but it goes so quickly because the topics are always intriguing and exciting, and, and, and we all learn from it. And we hope uh, somebody out there, we hope we, we can reach at least one person and make a difference in their day and, and make a difference in the world. So I think we're going to be able to do that. I think we can. All right. We'll have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we're going to first start out. Uh, we're, we're blessed to be joined by Bishop John Folda. He's joining us from the Diocese of Fargo. And this is a busy time of year for a lot of dioceses. And Bishop, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being with us once again on Real Presence Live. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. You bet. What's happening up there? Well, we're getting ready for ordinations on Saturday. I have... Uh, Two young men to be ordained as deacons, so that's exciting. And then uh, we also have uh, the visit of the relic of uh, St. John Vianney. The heart of St. John Vianney is is uh, here at St. Mary's Cathedral today. He arrived last night, uh, the relic, and this is part of a nationwide tour, as I understand it. So, mm-hmm. so that's been uh, an exciting thing as well. A lot of people showed up for veneration, which is great. I bet. That's such a neat, neat thing when it happens. And I bet, so what, do you know what time that goes today? Is it throughout the whole day? No, I think there's Mass at noon at the cathedral, and then, uh, which I'll be celebrating. And then it seems to me right after that, uh, the Knights of Columbus, who are kind of the custodians of this uh, relic, this tour, uh, they're going to be taking the the reliquary down to the Twin Cities, to St. Paul, Minneapolis. So uh, really after this morning, I think the, the time for veneration ends. So neat, though, when, when you see so many people and, and the faces, or their faces, when they, they're able to see some of the relics, is, is really cool. It is. It's very cool. And, and uh, I just was so pleased with the turnout and uh, just to see the, the number of people who are interested. And, you know, I think it speaks of the, the interest in holiness and the interest in the saints that comes mm-hmm. through, and the, which, is, which is great. That's a wonderful thing. It is. Well, Bishop, I am so excited that you're the guest this morning. Uh, we used to live in Fargo, and so this is such a blessing to be able to speak to you today. Um, what you. we want the talk we're going to have today is about the priestly appointments. Can you give the, our listeners a little bit about how this process works? Sure, sure. I would say every diocese I know handles this in their own way. Um, in, in our case, oh, I would say maybe six or so months. Uh, ahead of time, the vicar for clergy here in the diocese, which is Monsignor Gehring, he and I will just start to take a look at the situation as it seems to be developing for the coming year. We look at you know the number of priests that will be having ordained, the number of priests that seem to be preparing for retirement, and maybe any who are um, finishing their term in their parish, some perhaps who are experiencing health issues, and we just kind of get a lay of the land. And then in, usually in January, I send out a questionnaire to the priest, to every priest, and they can do this voluntarily. I just ask them to let me know what their thoughts are about their present assignment, but also what their thoughts are about any future assignments. You know, if they'd like to stay where they are or if they're interested in uh, a move and what kind of next assignment they would be interested in. Of course, you know, the, all that is just by way of information. I can't I can't promise anything at that point, but it just kind of helps me to get a sense of 
where the priests are as far as their own situation. And quite a few respond, not all of them certainly, but quite a few do, especially if they're maybe uh, approaching the end of the term. And and then probably around February, um, I start to meet with the deans of the diocese. We have eight deaneries. The diocese is divided into eight geographical areas. Each one of those is led by a priest who has the title of dean. He's uh, kind of the bishop's vicar in that particular area. And they come, they discuss with me um, what the situation is in their own deanery and and uh, start to talk about some potential uh, moves for those priests in their own deanery. And we're a small enough diocese that the deans pretty much know all the priests, which is very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all know each other. And they kind of function as a, as a personnel board for me, and they advise me. Usually we meet a number of times through the course of the spring, and then typically right after, right around or right after Easter, we sort of finalize the, uh, the plan, and, and then I start to make contact with the priests and, and uh, talk with them, let them know where I would like to appoint them for their next assignments. So, so it's, it's a pretty lengthy process and very interesting because a lot of information is shared and discussed. And, uh, you know, of course, we always have to be thinking of the well-being of the priests, but also of the parishes, uh, too. So it's it's a good process, but it takes time. It is. It's a, a really neat process, I think, the way it goes. I keep visualizing uh, Bishop almost like X's and O's on an old basketball court, you know, and drawing it out. And, and you have your eight locations. And, and then, so how do you know where to, where to send the people? How do you, is it part of it too, just a gut feeling like this, this priest would be a great match for what's happening here right now? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. And I think that that's the advantage of having the deans involved because, as I said, they kind of know the, the, situation on the ground in their own area, in their own deanery, they might have a pretty good idea of what the specific need of a particular parish is. And and usually I do too, because the pastors typically talk about those things with me. And uh, But the deans, I think, can, can uh, you know, kind of describe the needs, and then we start to brainstorm, you know, who would be a good fit for that particular parish. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, so it's, it's, I guess you could say in some sense, it's a gut feeling. There's no, I wouldn't think there's a science to it, but I do think that, you know, based on the knowledge we have, not only of the parish, but of all the priests, you know, we try to make the best match possible, the best mm-hmm. fit, you know, for an assignment. And I've always said there's no perfect plan for these assignments every year, but, you know, we do our best to to make sure that the, the priest fits the parish that he's sent to and vice versa. Yeah, make sure it's kind of fitting together the pieces of the puzzle a little bit, I bet. Exactly. It is a puzzle. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And I, I remember we had uh, one time on the show, we had um, a priest who was um, assigned somewhere he really didn't want to go and he would prayed about it a lot. And he just kept saying, it's not where I want to be. But about three months in, he realized it was the perfect place for him. And there was a reason yeah. for it. Yeah, that definitely can happen. And I, I had that same experience as a priest as well. You know, there were places where I didn't I didn't know if I was suited to the assignment that I received, but there's a certain freedom I found um, when I was a priest in just kind of letting go and, and putting myself 
at the disposal of the bishop and the church and going where it seems that I'm needed. Mm-hmm. And I think our, our priests have that same experience. I think that they all understand that, you know, the, the willingness to go where they're needed really gives them the freedom to accept the assignment that they get. And, and oftentimes they discover things about themselves and they certainly discover things about their their assigned parish that they never would have known otherwise. And that's, that's also a, a great experience. So I think that uh, God has usually a better plan in mind than we do for ourselves. That's such a neat neat process. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibis here with Andy Shaw, and we're speaking to Bishop John Fulda about the new priest assignments up in the Fargo Diocese. So, uh, Bishop, can you um, tell us how often do the priests get reassigned? Usually, uh, this happens once each year. Typically, we do these reassignments in the spring. As I said, we kind of uh, start the process in January, February, and then <clears throat> right around uh, Easter time, we kind of get a finalized plan for where everybody's going to go. And then those uh, assignments are announced. First of all, I contact the priest himself, and we let the parish know, and and then we make it public for the throughout the diocese on our website and our newspaper. And then the assignment takes effect generally in the very last week of June. Uh, and again, I know that varies from diocese to diocese, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the, the pattern that we follow here. Usually it's the last Wednesday of June that the moves take place. And for the most part, um, it only happens that one time each year. We try to do them all as a block. And uh, because if you know if you have to make a an assignment or a change mid year, that has kind of a domino effect. Um, you know, if one priest has to be moved midstream, then that typically is going to have an effect on others as well. So we we generally try to do this just the one time in the spring and early summer, and uh, then as soon as that's done, then we kind of start over. We start to uh, begin to forecast what the coming year will bring. So, uh, Yeah, there's really no downtime. It, no, not really. Not really. You know, it's always, there's always a need to be updating the, the assignments of, par- of pastors, of priests to parishes. Um, you're always going to have some changes in your personnel, you know, through retirements and, and ordinations of new priests. Sometimes there will be an unexpected death or an illness that you have to um, work with, work with and, and uh, make sure that parishes are covered when something like that happens. And So, yeah, it's, it's kind of an ongoing process. But the, the big work, the, the main work, happens, I would say, from about late January until sometime in April when we try to get everything sort of finalized and, and get the priests themselves contacted. You know, another beautiful part of, of our Catholic faith, and, and I think the parishes and the parishioners, you know, they, they almost look forward to what's going to happen next, you know, and, and they know it's mm-hmm. that this is that time of year, and um, they, you know, they might lose someone they, they really love, and um, but they're excited for, you know, somebody else to come in, or, uh, it, you know, I think what's really neat is the consistency, uh, even though the timing might be a week or two off, you know, maybe in June for, for a lot of the diocese, but... 
as a parishioner, um, I think everybody looks forward to hearing the new assignments and what's happening. I like that part. What is your favorite part of all of it? <laughs> well, that's that's hard to say. It's uh, it's challenging in a lot of ways, but I definitely value and I actually enjoy the opportunity to sit down with the uh, the deans of the diocese and really kind of. I'll get a, a feel from them about the needs, the state of the diocese, you might say. They're mm-hmm. they're typically a little bit more senior in their experience, and and they really have you know a great sense of what's happening on the ground. Uh, and just those discussions, they're very kind of freewheeling, and they're very candid about you know what what should happen, what shouldn't happen, and and uh, they're very very helpful to me. I I've grown to really, really appreciate the, the input that I get from the deans and their wisdom as well. They bring a lot of wisdom to this. And uh, so it's kind of a, kind of a collaborative uh, mm-hmm. effort, which I've, I've found to be very valuable. And of course, you know, the priests themselves are, are always very, very um, willing to go where they're sent. And that's inspiring as well. It's not always easy to, to move, to leave a place mm-hmm. that you love where you've been for a while people you've come to know, uh, you know, when they're kind of uh, established in a place and, and yet they realize that there's a need somewhere else. And I've always been inspired by their openness to the the direction that the diocese goes and and the, the instructions, the, the assignments that I give to them. So that too, that's been an inspiration. I think the priests are, they're great men. They're very, very holy men and willing to serve wherever they're needed. So that's that's been a joy to me. Well, Bishop, thank you so much for your time this morning and, and sharing with us what's happening up in your diocese, and we sure wish you a blessed summer. Well, thank you. Thanks. It's great to be with you both. All right. Take care, Bishop. You too. We look forward to God having bless. Bishop back on again, and, and as always, um, you know, it's exciting to learn about what's happening around our, our whole region. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get ready to take a quick little break, but we want you to get ready for Straight Talk with Father Timothy Castor. He's here live with us in studio from St. Thomas More High School, and he's getting ready for your questions during our Straight Talk segment. And then later, we will dive deeper into the mysterious love of God. All this and much more right here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. 
you know, just to jump on that comment too, of just having those responses of being able to defend the faith, you know, no matter who we talk to. I mean, there's so many people that just aren't really familiar with the church teaching. So to be able to clarify that and to be kind of the light of Christ in the world, to bring that actual truth, the, the beauty, to actually bring that to people, I think has just made, you know, it's a different changer for both of us. And I think, um, as you talked about, just knowing the truth of the church. So even if you know what the church teaches, can you really make that argument and support it every day? Right, day in and day out. And that's been a big thing for me, is having this resource that you can sit and listen and learn so much. A big thing for me was, even as a healthcare provider, knowing what abortion is and how it works, listening on Real Presence Radio one day to somebody, a healthcare provider, actually talking through step-by-step, what that goes through was just a game changer for me and as far as being able to vocalize that to other people so that they really understand what abortion is Mm -hmm. and why the church teaches what they teach. We're excited to broadcast live from the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference on Saturday, June 1st at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. From 9 to 1, hear conference speakers and vendors share their knowledge on topics including homeschooling curriculum, living a liturgical life, minimalism for homeschooling families, how homeschooling fosters creativity, avoiding college debt, and so much more. Listen on the radio, online, on our app, and on Google and Amazon devices on Saturday, June 1st from 9 to 1 at the Minnesota Catholic Home Education Conference. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Good Thursday morning, everyone. Welcome to Real Presence Live. I am Andy Shaw along with Karen Gibis, and we're coming to you live from St. Thomas More High School in the Diocese of Rapid City. And it's a quiet day at the high school. The students are out for the summer. I bet they feel extremely grateful for that. I think so. They had finals last week, graduation on Sunday. Uh, It was a beautiful graduation. Um, And then, yeah, they're grateful. The teachers, I think this is their their final day here at the high school. I know it's our final day over at the middle school uh, to wrap things up and get the rooms cleaned up. That's a lot of fun. I bet that feels like you're, the, the year is done then. It, yeah, and it, it went so quickly, I think, partially because we had so many snow days. Um, and so we had a lo- little bit of time to get a lot of it in. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I already, I actually missed some of the students already. Most of the students, almost all the students. Well, I do. Well, yeah. uh, as a homeschooling mother, I never miss my students. They're always there. <laughs> Wherever you are, Wherever, there they are. There they are. <laughs> there they are. Well, Karen, it's great. Uh, at the top of the of the show if you're just joining us now we're talking to karen um was live for our live drive here in rapid city uh not too long ago and that was kind of your uh commencement on on real presence live as far as the broadcasting side of it right i had been a a guest before yeah uh, a couple live drives ago but yeah this was definitely the first time that host that the pressure was on yeah, but you did great. Oh, thank you. you. You did great. And is it fun? Are you enjoying it? I love it. I shouldn't, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you should love everything. <laughs> you should love everything. We were we were talking a little bit yesterday about the show, and um, and you wanted to bring out and s- break out in song. And yeah, it was more of a encourage me to show up on time song, <laughs> but yeah, it was. 
No, that's great. It's it's fun, and um, like I said, you know, we're already 23 minutes into this, and it flies by these two hours, and uh, it, it's going to be great coming up. Uh, we have so much more coming up in the next hour and a half that I think you're going to love. But so, what if you're a homeschooler, mom slash teacher slash principal slash superintendent slash everything? What do you do in the summer? <laughs> I garden. Oh, nice. If it ever stops raining. And you're up in Sturgis. Yes. Yeah. So those who are listening, Sturgis is where the big bike rally happens each and every year that most people in the world know about, including Jay Leno um, <laughs> and many others. But uh, so you garden. What do you, yeah, if the moisture does stop. Yeah, I think, well, we we have um, some tomato plants started. Well, there was 75, but a few of them got damaged. So I'm thinking we're only going to plant about 30 tomato plants. Yeah. I love canning. My kids love anything I can. So it's, except for the salsa. If if anyone has a great homemade salsa recipe, please send it my way because we, we haven't yeah. yet to find a good homemade salsa recipe. Send it to the Real Presence uh, Facebook page or somewhere yes, there. We'll get somebody, it there. Somebody share it with me. But but yeah, that's usually what my, my summer is involved. Now, since I started uh, working for Real Presence Radio, that could change. I I guess I'm not, I'm only a newbie. Yet, so my summer may be fuller than I expect, and there will be not as much gardening time. It'll be fun, though. There'll be a lot of you'll you'll be blossoming in a lot of ways during that. Uh, so you live in Sturgis, and um, the, the Real Presence Radio. It was really neat. Last two weekends ago, I guess I was over in Sioux Falls. Uh, we had our state tennis tournament and saw a billboard up because we're you know we're now there in Sioux Falls and uh, Gillette, Wyoming. It's just getting bigger and bigger, and and you're short amount of time have you seen a need for catholic radio i have you know i have felt like um there has been a tremendous appreciation for the catholic radio uh family i mean not just even the broadcast themselves but the people that work for the radio station the co-hosts for real presence live people just talk about how how it just is nice to have it available to them and not even just on the radio but on the app Mm -hmm. you can get on your phone and listen to it anytime you want and in fact this morning i got on and i listened to yesterday's real presence live so i kind of was prepped for today the podcast and the format exactly how it all works out the podcasts are great on the app yeah it's one of the best apps out there for for a lot of reasons yeah the app is amazing i i think i uh my number one thing i tell people when they come up to a table at an event i say do you have the app on your phone and Mm -hmm. a lot of them have me put it on their phone and that's been a really great learning experience for them and a great opportunity to share the radio station too yeah yeah that's what i you know throughout the years i think this is second year now um that father mike and i've been doing this and the stories we've heard from people who've been, you know, driving along and for some reason switched the channel and found Catholic radio. And then that perfect instant, something great happened in their lives. You know, it, it just happens. So when you're out doing these shows or meeting people and um, creating um, awareness of RPR in their area, what are they saying to you? They're saying that they're happy that um, RPR is willing to come into the area. There's quite a few people I've talked to that said, oh, we want RPR in our area because there is a large area within the Rapid City Diocese that does not have mm-hmm. the radio station. They can't get it in. And so it's it makes it more difficult for them to, to connect with RPR. Mm-hmm. But then again, 
just throw that app out there yeah. again. <laughs> or online, your Catholic yeah. radio station. Get online. And I, I know there's a, a great a great need for more stations in the area. And I just say pray, pray that God will send us a station and God will send us the supporters to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, that it has to be hand in hand. Get that signal going up yeah. in the air. Yeah, I said just pray. You know, God works miracles. He does. And I think um, it's it's so incredible to to have this network getting larger and larger and larger, which, which shows the need that the world has right now for more faith. Right. It is amazing. You know, but I think one of the more important aspects that I think Real Presence Radio brings to the um, the table, if you will, is the idea that all of the employees are a family mm-hmm. and they really do care about their listeners. And when they say they pray for you, they really do pray for you. And we we pray once a week for for things that are on our hearts mm-hmm. and for the needs of our listeners. And that is phenomenal. Where else are you going to get that kind of support right, right. from a radio station? Yeah, people you don't even know are praying for you. and Right. Uh, it's, it's, that's the way the world should be. It's, it's going to make the world a better place. And, and I think we're getting there. I think this has been, 2019 has been a great year. Uh, and a lot of, you know, there always will be tragedy and things that happen. Um, but I think there's a better sense of faith and community for me, at least, I'm recognizing that throughout the area and throughout the world. Um, so I'm excited to see how the rest of the year ends out. Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. I, we can only get better from here. So back to the salsa. I like jalapenos. Do you <laughs> okay. grow jalapenos? I haven't tried yet. My my garden is not as big as I want it to be, but I, I might try it just pray, for you. Pray for that. I, I just might. I might try it for you, Andy. I, yeah, the jalapenos are good. I love those. And uh, a couple of years ago, I planted some, and um, they got monstrous and, and spicy. And so I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, just... yeah, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, and then, so then, as um, they're schooling, and we only have a little bit more time, but do you do some schooling too in the summer? Or do they get a summer break? They, we do. My younger ones have to read to me and maybe do some math or some spelling or something, so they don't get rusty. It's amazing mm-hmm. how quickly they forget how quickly i forget the discipline that's needed to keep them right straight you get on a routine and then it changes quickly exactly exactly. we challenged uh our one of my classes over at the middle school challenged the rest of the students we pray so much during the school year over 1400 times we figured out during a school year and what do we do in the summer so they did a saintly summer challenge to challenge the rest of the students to keep praying like we did oh that's beautiful yeah and it's the same thing because you kind of get rusty yeah you know and so we need to keep our faith strong and uh karen we're sure glad to to have you with us and uh we're excited about especially the jalapenos (laughs) good You know what that sound is? <laughs> Guess what? It's time for Straight Talk with Father Timothy Castor. We're excited to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live. It's Straight Talk, and it is your opportunity to share your questions and your comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and our priests. And so um, when when you have an opportunity to, to communicate, and Father Mike and I talk about this a lot, dialogue is everything. Um, so we want you to share what's on your mind and on your heart and on your soul. All you need to do is call 
795-0122, or you can log on, if you're a Facebook person, you can log on to the Real Presence Radio Facebook page and submit your questions there on Facebook, and we'll get them in for the next half hour. Again, the number, 877-795-0122, and we're blessed to be joined in the studio with Father Timothy Castor. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Thank Happy to be for, here. Yeah, thanks for being here with us. We're excited. Yep. We're excited. How's, how's your life right now? Very good. I didn't get reassigned, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> We're happy, too. <laughs> I am happy because he, he's my home parish priest, so. Right, right. This is great. Yeah, yeah there's a lot happening everywhere, and... Um, and, and boy, it's been kind of an exciting uh, time. Did you were you at the ordination the other night? Oh yes, yeah, I thought I saw. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Isn't that? I just love those. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do in the summer? Uh, well, you know, preaching the gospel and administering the sacraments, uh, <laughs> kind of the usual. Um, you know, for for a priest, the schedule is always um, kind of governed by interruptions. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so it's not that much different in the summer. You, you always hope it will be. You hope that it's going to be downtime, you know, but um, it usually turns out that it's not. Uh, it's just different sorts of things come up sure. uh, that you have to address. So Life happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, this summer, I, uh, though, it's uh, going to be a little unusual for me because I uh, have the opportunity to uh, go home to Pennsylvania, where I originally come from, and visit my family there. Uh, I usually don't go home in the summer. Um, usually go home in, around uh, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. time. Um, but, you know, that's it's so bleak in Pennsylvania in, at, in November, in the end of November. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the trees and everything again in the, right. in the summer. I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. it's What, what part of Pennsylvania? Uh, just outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I lived in State College for a while, and I love the rolling hills. Mm, yeah. You know, and, and, and the fly fishing was pretty good, too. But uh, you're right. It's, it's green and, and beautiful this time of year. And mm-hmm. Well, good. That's awesome that you get to go back. Yeah. I like that. Uh, if you have a question, uh, Father Timothy Castor is here at Straight Talk, 877-795-0122, We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have you live on the air. Uh, if you don't want to be live on the air, you can always submit a question on the Real Presence Radio Facebook app or Facebook page and submit that question, and, and we'll get that uh, to Father Timothy to, um, to to get his thoughts on it. and. Um, Father, you I, you know you were listening into to Bishop Folda, you know, well, and, the, yep. and, and mentioned the, the assignments. And what is it like for the priests when this time of the year happens? Oh boy, it's uh, there's a, a lot of anxiety, I would say, uh, but also excitement. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, most of us, you know, uh, once we get settled in a in a parish, you know, we that's that's kind of our home. That's where we want to kind of stay and. Um, uh, so, you know, to, to have that thought, well, maybe I'm going to be called up to, you know, make a change. Mm-hmm. Now, usually we find out much before everybody else does, obviously, because the bishop is going to be talking to us. And, sure. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, what the bishop, uh, Bishop Folder was saying about uh, just kind of letting yourself, you know, um, placing yourself in the hands of the bishop and just, you know, accepting that as the voice of God in your life, um, that's really the best way to do it, I've found. And, uh, you know, you can get all worked up and, mm-hmm. and uh, 
anxious and worried, um, but in the end, uh, you, you really have to just say, well, this is in God's hands. You know, he's directing the bishop. Uh, the bishop is praying for, for uh, the Holy Spirit's direction. We're praying for the Holy Spirit's direction. Sure. So, you know, somehow it's going to work out. And, um, you know, like, uh, like Bishop Fulda said, you know, you might think that you're going to get a, you know, it's going to be a terrible place or you don't belong. And then you find out it's the perfect place. So um, that's, that's usually the way it works. Yeah, I was just going to say, most of the time things tend to always work out. Yeah. You know, I was mentioning a little bit about what the students are challenging the other students to continue praying in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that happens to all of us. We, we get on this mental summer break, even if we continue our work or if we continue what we're doing in life. Um, but how do we continue our prayer life? And even if we're traveling, we, you know, how do we keep that up in the summer? You know, in my, in my own experience, I kind of, uh, I've found it easier to pray in downtime. And, you know, uh, when the schedule has changed in the sense that I don't have the responsibilities, like when I'm on vacation, it seems like I always pray better when I'm on vacation, just <laughs> because it's, you know, I, I can focus on that more than, than, mm-hmm. uh, when I'm in my job, so to speak. And, um, so I, I don't know if that's the experience that other people have, but I would say, you know, take advantage of that opportunity when you have it uh, to uh, re-enter into a, a spirit of prayer, to do some spiritual reading, um, to spend some time before the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the these opportunities that come into our life of, of having, you know, some relaxation in our schedule don't come very often for most of us. So, you know, take advantage of that. Yeah, there, there are a lot of opportunities. Um, I remember one summer we were talking to somebody on the, they called in. Uh, and by the way, if you do want to call in, we'd love to hear from you. And Father Timothy will answer your questions. It's 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. And, and I remember this caller saying, you know, we're traveling and we're so busy on the road, but that's the beauty of being universal. The Catholic, mm, the Catholic yeah, faith is yeah. wherever you go, you can find mass Mm -hmm. and it's easy to look it up online. And then what the recommendation was include that in your vacation. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that breaks my heart is when I hear people say, well, father, I didn't make it to mass because I was traveling. I was on vacation. And you know, that that's really not an excuse. You know, that's uh, uh, there, there are some legitimate reasons to miss mass, you Mm -hmm. know, sickness or, uh, you know, if you're trapped in Siberia and you just can't find a church, <laughs> but when if you're traveling almost anywhere else, you can find mass. Like you say, you can find. If you just do a little planning ahead, and mm-hmm. you can, uh, when I was in seminary uh, w- back at uh, Mount St. Mary's, I had to drive back and forth between South Dakota and Maryland every year. You know, and um, I would stop along the way, oh, usually sure. staying at a state park and pitching a tent. You know. Um, but I was always able to find not just, you know, uh, Lord's Day Mass, but daily Mass right. as well, you know. And, and I, I don't think I ever missed daily Mass, even when I was doing that that kind of traveling. Travel. So I know it can be done. Yeah, it can. <laughs> and usually you can find um, some of the, the parishes with adoration or 24-hour, oh, yeah. yep. yep. you know, which is mm-hmm. great. We have a question here on Facebook. Anna says, Father Timothy, please comment on what prayer devotions or practices you find meaningful and how that has changed and grown over the years. Are there one or two you are par- you would particularly recommend? Well, I think that 
first of all, you need to feed your spiritual life in order to pray. And so the first thing I recommend to people when they ask that kind of question is read scripture, you know, uh, and that can be intimidating to, to people. They, they think, oh, what, what, I, what, do, what you know, it's huge. What, where do I start? So I always say, okay, um, read the Gospels. Start with the Gospel of St. Mark, you know. Uh, just read it. And if there's something that strikes you there that, that uh, makes you stop and say, hmm, you know, then, then stop and, and ponder on that a little bit. Uh, another great place to start is the Psalms. You know, the oh, Psalms. I love are, the Psalms. Oh, yeah. They're the prayers that God himself wrote, you know. So uh, if you want to know how to pray, just read uh-huh. the Psalms because it covers just about every aspect of our lives, you know. Um, and, and that's the basis of the church's prayer, too. The Liturgy of the Hours is uh, mainly the Psalms. Um, just praying through the Psalms uh, month by month and, and uh, week by week. And uh, it's the perfect expression of the human heart to God. Mm-hmm. When, I, um, m- when my children get into fifth grade, what I do with them is have them read through the Psalms. We read one Psalm a day. And then I have them pick two sentences or maybe four sentences, whatever, that touch their hearts. And that's what I use for their copy work. And the way that my children line up, it seems like I have a fifth grader every other year. But it, it, it's more, it's for them, it is. But honestly, I love to pray the Psalms with my children. I find that it calms me, it refocuses our day to, into a prayer for God. And that is probably my favorite one, mm-hmm. too. So I'm yeah. glad you suggested that. Yeah, And don't skip the uh, the so-called deprecatory psalms, the ones that are calling down curses on your enemies, you know? Oh, no, we don't skip them. Um, Because, you know, some some people are very uncomfortable with those, but uh, I always go back to something that was in the rule of St. Benedict that, um, you know, one of the psalms that actually is skipped in the Liturgy of the Hours refers to um, taking the children of my enemies and dashing them against a rock, you know? And you think, well, that's terrible. How can we think something like Mm -hmm. that? But what St. Benedict says is those, those children actually are, are evil thoughts, you know, that come into our heart and mind and that distract to take us away from God. You need to take those and, as he puts it, dash them against the rock of Christ, you know. And so there's, there is a way to understand these kinds of things in a, in a spiritual sense that are really helpful, you know. Don't, uh, don't pray them against your enemies, though. Anna, thank you for your Facebook question. We appreciate that. You can send any question you want uh, to Father Timothy on the Real Presence Radio Facebook page, or you can call and we can talk live, 877-795-0122, I'm Andy Shaw, along with Karen Gibis, and we are here with Father Timothy Castor, and it is straight talk. And Father, when you're talking about reading the Gospels, and if you get to that if something just stands out and makes you think, you know, hmm, or it, it hits home for mm-hmm. some reason, then maybe that's a good time to go into Alexio, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, that's really what I'm driving at without using the word. It's, yeah. You know, pe- again, people may be intimidated by that concept, but all it means is, is that you, you're letting the, the word sink in, you know, and, and you're allowing yourself to just kind of flow with it. 
And so many great things can happen mm. when, when, when you do that. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. Uh, I, I'm kind of getting fired up for summer now. <laughs> I kind of want to go get the classroom wall shut down and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and challenge, challenge myself. And, and we're also, you know, Easter is a little bit later this year. Mm-hmm. And we're coming up on Pentecost. And how can we, how can we be a Pentecost people? Well, first of all, pray the Pentecost Novena. You know, uh, that is the first novena in the history of the church. Uh, That's where all novenas really stem from, the nine days of prayer between our Lord's ascension and the the descent of the Holy Spirit. Um, So, you know, that's, there's no better way to prepare. And and that's something that our our dear bishop, uh, you know, really encourages every year for Mm -hmm. the people of the diocese to pray the novena to the Holy Spirit. and uh, so that that would be my primary recommendation. You know, we we were talking about it in in class one time, and the student said, "How can you pray for nine days?" You know, they have the world now has troubles being silent for nine seconds. Oh, sure, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, it is a challenge. Um, but there there are ways to. I think what you know, it's almost like anything we do. The more you do it, the more the, it's routine, and then if you miss it, the more you crave it, mm-hmm. and especially with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely truth. Our family tries to do morning and evening prayer together, and I know that if we miss even one one morning, one evening, it kind of just falls apart, and you just want that peace. Even for those 15 minutes in the morning and those mm-hmm. 20 minutes in the evening, it's peace, and that's what we crave is the peace of the Lord, and you can get that in prayer. Yeah, and you notice those times when you miss it because there's change in the world. Yeah. It happens, right? Maybe you're more open to to the world, you know, mm-hmm. happening uh, when you don't have the shield of God around you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> 877-795-0122. If you'd like to call in, it's Straight Talk Time with Father Timothy Castor. Or you can go on to Facebook, the Real Presence Radio Facebook page, uh, and submit your question there. And um, Man, I, I'm really kind of fired up right now. <laughs> I am. I mean, I love this, and I'm looking at the clock, and we're 15 minutes before the top of the hour, but I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll go to Holy Hour today, <laughs> thinking about it. And the, and the relics are up north and, and Fargo, and, and then on their way to Minnesota. And I think um, we announced here, right, that this upcoming year will be the year of the Eucharist. Mm, yes. What? Yeah, you just smiled just by yeah. thinking about it. That's, oh, yeah. That's, I think, the feeling we all have. Yeah, I was so thrilled when the bishop announced that, and, you know... Priests aren't always thrilled with what the bishop announces, you know, because sure. it needs more work. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was just so excited about this, and and I, you know, I really hope that it bears a lot of fruit, and I think it will. That's the that's you know, is the as they say, the source and summit of our life. So right, right, I, it's a, yeah, it's a powerful. The Eucharist is so powerful, mm-hmm. and and if you are totally present at Mass, and when you receive the Eucharist, you see it in people. Like mm-hmm. I kind of like to sit up front and watch mm-hmm. as they go through and, and you can see mm-hmm. who's really completely in all in oh yeah you yeah. know on fire as father mark likes to say mccormick <laughs> he's like i yeah. gotta be on fire yeah um, <laughs> but it's true so the year of the eucharist so so each each parish will really focus on the year of the eucharist yeah what uh you know we're just starting to figure out what that means and and how we're going to be doing it uh both in our parishes and diocesan wide um and i think one one of the things that's on our bishop's heart um 
you, I, I get a little pain in my heart every time I see our mm-hmm. bishop because he, mm-hmm. cause you know we're losing him, and um, that's a whole other aspect. But anyway, um, I think what's on his heart is is that people understand what the Eucharist is, uh, so that when they are at Mass, they know what's going on. And, and when you know what's going on, you don't want to be anywhere else, you know. Um, and, and that's, see, in his experience of going around the diocese and doing uh, confirmations and so forth, he, he has come to the realization that there's, there's a lot of lack of understanding, mm-hmm. um, a lack of, you know, intellectual and emotional and spiritual engagement in the Eucharist. And that, that's, I think, what he wants to enkindle. And, and we just had a, a clergy convocation where we had a speaker uh, come, uh, a professor from, um, uh, I forget what, what uh, university he was from. But anyway, he, he um, was kind of just giving us priests um, sort of a refresher course on the Eucharist mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of emphasizing the things that we need to be emphasizing with our people. And, um, I was kind of happy to see, to hear, you know, the kind of things that he was saying is, are the very things that I do try to emphasize with my people. Um, so, you know, I'm excited about uh, being able to do that again. And this, of course, year C is when we go through the sixth chapter of John in the summer. And um, that is a highlight for me. Mm. Um, and, you know, I always try to take that occasion to... Uh, uh, dive into that uh, St. Pa- St. John's teaching there uh, mm-hmm. from our Lord. It's uh, the, the Eucharist is so beautiful in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and that's what I do love so much about the Catholic Church is that you can be anywhere and, and you know, and, and celebrate the Eucharist. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, Father, thanks for all your energy on that. Um, we do have a call. If you'd like to, if you have a question or you'd like to talk with Father Timothy Castor, the number is 877-795-0122, or you can go on Facebook. Uh, we have about 10, 11 more minutes here on, on Straight Talk Live. Hey, we have Margaret from Spearfish on the phone. Margaret, what's your question for Father Castor? Uh, where would I find the nine days of prayer? To the Holy Spirit. Well, um, every year the the bishop, uh, you know, reminds us priests to distribute the <laughs> uh, the novena, the the actual little booklet of prayer that that he recommends, and uh-huh. um, so it should be in your, uh, you know, in the uh, narthex or lobby of uh, Saint Joe's up there in Spearfish. Um, if it's not, uh-huh. you better tell Monsignor to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh- I think you used to come to Spearfish in, in Rapid, didn't you, and say the traditional Mass for us? Yes, that's right. I, when I was uh, uh, stationed as a, a parochial vicar in Spearfish for uh, uh-huh. a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I, re- I remember, remembered the, you, but um, I don't remember what you looked like, but I remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, don't say, I very seldom read the Bible. I just pray my rosary. Mm-hmm. And I get up fairly early every morning so I can pray my rosary about three different times mm-hmm. before breakfast. So that's my my daily praying usually, but yeah. that takes me an hour and a half or two. Mm-hmm. Well, the, <laughs> but the rosary, anyway, the, the rosary is a biblical prayer. 
you know it, it's yeah. uh, it's the life of Christ it's uh, Our Lady and and all drawn from Scripture so yeah um, and I, and my memory is really bad <laughs> <laughs> so I can't remember a lot of prayers if unless I read them and I'm a poor reader uh, well Margaret like always I, Margaret always remember Jesus loves you and and he'll guide you through everything yeah that, I'm, I'm sure he one. does. He lives, Thank you for he, he kind of lives in my house here. I think well, all over. We love we love that. Well, Margaret, thank you so I much, and too. say hi to beautiful spearfish for us, and uh, and enjoy okay. Pentecost. And thanks for your call yes, today. You bet. Thank you. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the number if you'd like to call in like Margaret just did from Spearfish or you could uh, submit a question on Facebook on the Real Presence Radio app on Facebook. Um, you know, yeah, it's so beautiful up in Spearfish too this time of year with the, how green it is this mm. year. I went up last weekend to drive through the canyon and. Uh, it's beautiful. The the creek is roaring, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> yeah I don't think I'll be fly fishing here until July. <laughs> My arm floaties don't work that well. Um, you know, the prayer, and, and um, we, we kind of were touching on um, adoration just briefly there, but uh, so many incredible things can happen to people in adoration, too, you know, when they really are all in at that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you make, make the time um, to go to adoration and... and and really focus on letting go of, of what's spinning in your head mm-hmm. and just being present with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and, and do, do priests spend time too like that? Yeah. Um, if you're busy schedule? Probably not as much as we should, but yeah. uh, but I know we do. Um, uh, many of our, our priests are very diligent about making a holy hour every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I first came to the diocese uh, as a, really as a pre-seminarian, even before I started seminary studies, um, one of the most beautiful things I ever saw was uh, going into the little church up in Buffalo, St. Anthony, I believe it is, and um, seeing, uh, now my mind has gone blank on uh, the name of the priest, he's, uh, he's deceased now, um, but uh, just coming into the church there, he wasn't expecting hmm. us, and th- just to find him before the Blessed Sacrament, all alone in hmm. the church, praying, and I was just so moved by that, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I said to myself, I, I don't, "That's the kind of priest I want to be like." I'm still working toward it, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what a great picture you just painted! Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and, and and I think what a great reflection of the church too to, mm-hmm. to witness that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love adoration. Do your children can go to adoration? They do. I have one son in particular. Um, Father Castor has adoration for. Um, four hours, I think, on mm-hmm. the first Friday, mm-hmm. and I have one son in particular that will spend all four hours in wow. adoration before the Blessed Sacrament. I asked him, I said, did you did you take a break? No, no, I just stayed. It's it's shocking. That's I don't, wonderful. I don't know why. he. he I, it's not for my, and, you know, I don't make him do it. Right, right. You know, I offer to drive him in to adoration, and he almost always accepts the offer, and it's, it's a blessing for all of us that... That uh, the kids are willing to do things like that. The other kids not so much yet, but they're good. There, they're That'll still happen. young, and you know, it's it's a beautiful example that he provides his younger siblings. And, and that is a great example. That's you know, even when we were talking about mass, and you know, it's a somebody I remember reading or, or hearing. It's the one hour a week that's not about us, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that's why people aren't always present at mass. But if we can get out of our own way 
and and open up to the beauty of mass you know and there are you know on the real presence site i believe too but uh there's so many great catholic.org and other sites that really explain mass break it down detail by detail and when you know what each part is and the re- readings the reflection it, just every part of it is so incredible oh, yeah. and that can change your whole day like you mentioned father you, yeah absolutely you know your, your perspective on life changes instantly mm-hmm. and why wouldn't we do that more right yeah. Yeah. Our family tries to go to daily mass on Tuesday evenings. Father has an evening mass on Tuesday, and and I, without fail, every week, one or more children will ask me, "Is it a holy day?" Mm. Like, how many holy days do you think the church has? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a holy day. We are going because we want to be, you know, sure. at mass with Jesus, and and then they're, oh, okay, you know, they're willing to go, but it's come on, kids. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. It's straight talk with Father Timothy Castor. He's in studio here for the next several minutes, uh, or you can post a question on Real Presence Radio Facebook page. Um, you know, another thing we we kind of touched about when we were preparing for this was, uh, Father, how do how do we pray for those who have died? You oh. know, how do we how do we do that? Do we you know, praying uh, the children. My students pray for a lot of people in purgatory, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool to hear that. Um, but how do we pray for those who have died? What's the best way to do that? Well, there there are of course some you know uh, prayers that are specifically written for the for the dead. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's even an office for the dead. You know, um, uh, kind of a version of the liturgy of the hours with all the the different uh, hours of the day, um, and that's obviously one approach but really you can offer any prayer for the dead you know um very very frequent you know i would say maybe 90 percent of the time when i when i give a penance in uh confession it's usually some prayers and i say offer those for the souls in purgatory mm-hmm. offer for the souls in purgatory offer the, and and i like to think that you know there's lots of prayers going up for the pur- souls in purgatory mm-hmm. and just because they're you know it's uh, one hail mary one one our father and five hail marys you know for the souls in purgatory that's powerful mm-hmm. you know um of course there's also visits to the cemetery uh something that i that i really try to uh push during you know the first uh eight days of of, um, november uh, when we get a plenary indulgence Mm -hmm. for that um but anytime anytime that you visit a cemetery and say some prayers uh you can gain an indulgence that can be applied to a a soul in purgatory Mm. um uh, you know uh, one of the things that uh that i often say to the the young kids because we take our our our, uh, religious ed groups up there to the cemetery in november I say, how many of you think a cemetery is a spooky place? <laughs> and, of course, all of them. Hands know, go up. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I, I say, well, it's really not. It's a holy place. It's, it's like a church, but it's outside. And, and you're there, you know, in, with that opportunity to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of it that way. That's a great way. I like that. Mm-hmm. A lot. Um, you know, and I, I think we drove by on Memorial Day. Up, up by you guys in Sturgis in the, the cemetery, and it's so beautiful anyway. Oh, it is. But it's powerful to see how many people were there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, real quickly, Father, and we have about one minute left, um, but being the year of the Eucharist, Mary on Facebook wrote, uh, will you please share how the Eucharist nourishes and enriches your life, our lives, and especially in times of doubt and uncertainty? How does the Eucharist nourish us? Mm. Well, um, thanks, Mary, for the question. Is there any way it doesn't nourish us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, 
you know, when when uh, when I first heard the news that that we were losing our bishop, um, I it just really shook me. And my re- first reaction was to go before the Blessed Sacrament. And and the the thought that came to me was, you know, this is the constant right here. This this is the one thing that's always constant. The bishop's going to change. Your assignment's going to change. Uh, you know, people are going to be born and die and that all that's changing but there in the tabernacle is the constant you know the the foundation of our lives so you know spending time before the blessed sacrament uh assisting at mass in a in a mm-hmm. you know devout way it, that's going to that's going to be our nourishment well, father timothy castor thank you um i hope everybody heard everything and uh and, and father have a blessed summer and i like the tuesday i might have to stop up there Thanks to all who called in or wrote in with your questions on Straight Talk. Reminder, the segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to go around the area for a 10-minute tour coming up later. We'll be right back as Real Presence Live continues. (laughs) 